Hello, welcome back to another Muscle and Hustle podcast. Sorry for the delay, folks. Uh, we, we were going to lie and say there was technical issues, but the technical issues were Tony was in, away somewhere and I was in Copenhagen. And You're just yeah. taking a bit of downtime, said, fuck everybody listening, we need a uh, break for a day. We need a bit of a break for a day. And, uh, no, we did try to record over the weekend, but it was just impossible to get uh, everything to line up. So we're... Uh, I would say 12, 13, we'll be 14 and a half hours late for this podcast. That's about as late as I show up to anything, really. But uh, (laughs) you know what? We haven't probably had a late episode. We haven't missed a week in. We haven't missed missed a week. week. Yeah. We've been late once because of Spotify or Anchor being down. And this is. We've been been late about four or five hours, six hours, a couple of times because Spotify and Anchor update their system. But. We've only been late a day, I think, once. We went out once on a Tuesday. But then, so this is the second. This is actually pretty much where we were planning on recording over the weekend. But you know what's one of the things we probably didn't, and this is a this is a proper, this is probably the quote of the week, you know, right. feel to prepare, prepare to fail. We we did not structure the weekend properly. But to be fair, whenever you are both hopping time zones constantly, it is a bit of a shit show. So, uh, to be honest, we're still doing quite well for today. Like it's so easy, and the thing is, you're actually very good at this. Making look at this, like I would be very close to turn around and being like, "It's one week," but then I'm also like, "Nah, that's that's not that's it's sort of hypocritical." Do you know what I mean? Uh, to uh, to turn around and say no. Yeah, like I landed a couple of hours ago, and I'm I'm in Oma now, and then we're straight. I'm straight to Letterkenny for a gig tonight. Yeah. And, and I, Tony, Tony landed back in Yuri and let, tell everybody what happened to you as soon as you came back. Oh, fuck, right. So, obviously, the big man sold the truck. So, we're having a me, I'm mix and match between dad's jag and my mum's fate panda, my auntie's fate panda. So, anyway, uh, dad was away, mum was away, and I goes, Do you know what? I'll take Claire's car to the gym quickly here. I have a couple of wee errands to run, drop back a few deliveries. Took the car out, just went dark, drove literally. Struggle to turn it on once or twice. That's normal enough. It's an old car. It's 05. Do you know It's fucking 12, 17 years. So, but, and if anybody doesn't know what a fate panda looks like, look it up. It looks like an ice cube on wheels. It's very top heavy. And <laughs> anyway, turned the thing on, turned the car on, drove a little bit, went to do a three point turn at the, like the bottom of my estate because I forgot, like I forgot something. So I was like, fuck up, spin back up. Soon as I stopped the car, dead in the water. And I was like, Ah, fuck, I must have stalled it. You know, I'm not used to driving a 1.2. I read the balls of the thing anyway. Then, no, wouldn't turn back on. Fucking about five cars behind me, three in front of me, every clocking up. Uh, people beeping and all. So then I was like, you know what? They're going to think something. So I got outside. I got out of the car and I'm standing there in a fucking stringer. It fucking, <laughs> like, it fucking freezing me standing there in the stringer. And Joe, whenever people are like, what's the problem? And I'm like going, it's fucking dead. And they're like, move it. And I'm like, how the fuck am I going to move that by myself? I can't steer. And then, Joe, it's one of them things as soon as you... It just... It clogged everything up and you could just see. But then, Joe, my neighbours came... Finally, a neighbour or two came down, gave us a wee push, got her over to the side, sitting there, ready to go to the mechanics tomorrow. And then I just uh, walked on walked on over. But, yes, it wasn't it wasn't ideal. That's the reason why we're a little bit later. But I'll give you a laugh. We, I, I, last time I drove my mum's car... There's a little hill, and I'm not used to driving it up. It. It's beside a school. Anybody knows an area. It's on Windsor Hill. It's beside a wee primary school. It's about three o'clock. 
prime time for school. Driving up the hill, and I'm not uh, used not used to hill starting <laughs> in a 1.2 petrol. And so I, I conked it out, right? And the car behind me, obviously, you know, you give it a little bit of grace, like fair enough. Restarted, conked out, restarted, conked out. Must have been about fucking seven times, no joke. Oh no. So then I was like right dead on. So I put my I put my I put my arm out. You know, I was in to say like two two seconds. I'll give her another go here. So then I put it out, and then I had the window down, and somebody shouted, "Hurry the fuck up, you stupid cunt!" And I was like, <laughs> "So then I put the car, and it was about it was about a year. It was probably about a year and a half ago now. So I pulled the handbrake up, turned the car off, and just opened the door. And I was in a vest, pumped the bets after the gym, peak bulk, hundred three kilos, looking like a fat cunt. And then all of a sudden, I got out of the car because I was like, "I'm not getting to the start anyway. It's just not happening." So I just got out, and I just seen him just. Roll the window up, just and I was like, just fucking drive around me. But you could just see, he definitely didn't expect me to come out of the wee tiny, tiny yoke. It was like, do you, do you ever see the? Do, do you know the boy? No, no, it was a whole row of cars. It was full of children and all. It was fucking mental. But uh, do you know what? Do you know what it, it reminds me of? Do you ever see Nelson in The Simpsons whenever he goes ha ha and he's laughing at the big tall man? Except I was like, uh... wee fat chody man. <laughs> Mate, it was like it was a mess because I went down and was like. Just fucking drive around me, and then they did drive around me. It was a bit of a mess, but anyway, yes. Uh, back to the, back to the podcast. There's enough for Tony's tales for one day. Tony's tales. The quote of the week's back. Tony's tales is back. Life's life's back to normal. I think we're both we're both in the same country now for for a couple Six of weeks. weeks. Yeah. Six weeks till New Year's. To New Year's, the guys from Notorious Pizza were on. We're gonna. It's gonna. It's a thing. It's a thing. Live Christmas thing. podcast going Live down. Christmas what do you think? Let's do a chat to the boys. Need a loop and Neil Collins. Neil Collins going to do a bit of music. It's, it's a whole event now. It's a, it's a uh, what do you call them? Pantomime. We're going to wear jumpers. Hi, Christmas pantomime. I might have to get trousers or something as well. <laughs> Go full Christmas tuxedo. Yeah, I might get something. I'll have to see. It could be like a week Christmas cracker. <laughs> and uh, I, Marfell, the Big the big city of Marfell. But yeah, we're back. We have a, actually question came in. The question is clearly in the due Tony, but the guy sent it to me. Um, so we may as well get that out of the way. He wants to stay anonymous for this question. Uh well, right enough, I know who it is, but uh um, why is it directed to me? Well, you know now. Uh I've been considering getting into coaching more online strength conditioning for GA athletes while maybe doing general floor personal training. I've sp- I've seen a few courses like ECA in Belfast, for example. Have you any tips for going about getting my level three and level four? Would be greatly appreciated if you could share knowledge in this. For context, I'm currently studying an engineering degree and working in the engineering industry. I'll be brutally honest, I hate it and don't see myself doing it much longer. Sort of the same, sort of yourself. Do you think, does he mean like level three PT or does he mean like strength conditioning or anything? Well, he means, I think he wants to do strength conditioning for aim towards GA athletes because he's a GA player himself. Um, but I think he's talking about the e, the personal training will be the, the level three and level four because strength conditioning only starts at level four, doesn't it? I'd say I'd say the first thing I would do if I was you, and I think this is the quickest roadmap to learning anything, is figure out who's doing what you want to do or the closest to it and hire that individual. So 
GA, do you know, like we had Connor O'Neill on here, Know Yourself Performance, yeah. very GA specific coach. Now, he might not be exactly what you want to be. You have Owen McCabe. You have Owen McCabe that was on here. You have very GA specific. Now, you might be like, well, I don't agree with everything they do. But the thing is, they're making solid income in the field that you want. So the thing is, yeah. it might not be everything, but do three months with them, do two months. Now, that's an investment that will, and I can guarantee you, although it might not be a specific You'll get a program, you'll get check-ins, you'll get to see how things doing. That will teach you more than any shitty qualification. Well, now none of them qualifications you said are shitty, but I'm gonna be honest. The majority of qualifications in the fitness industry are, and this oh, is shit. not me being cheeky. Yeah, they're 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 just they're just money, they're money, they're money, 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 and they don't teach you what you need for your niche. Like, yes, strength conditioning will overlap, but like it'll help you get a like if you want to teach uh, what's the best way to explain this if you want to be a county footballer snc coach you'll need them qualifications mm, but no i yeah. don't think you i don't think you need them to be county but if you want to work in a professional sport like rugby yeah uh with with track athletes you need them uj run there is one of them that run out of uj i know that much every I've so done, often I don't, i've done I don't, the snc qualifications and like i've done them uh, and it, it very few people will ever ask for them. The main thing they'll want is who you've worked with prior. So, for yeah. example, what I would say is get your level three PT. So that's a, that's that's going to cover you in case you don't anything ever happens. Get your strength condition slow and steady on the side. But what I notice is a lot of people get lost in this idea that the more qualifications, the better. And then there's other people who think more experience, the better. See experience. This is something I really highlight to people. There's there's this real thing, and I definitely think, and this is me being cheeky against people who have been in the field longer than me. I get people writing all the time to me going, oh, well, you don't know why I have 10 years of experience in this. See, 10 years of doing something wrong consistently yeah. is an experience. It's stupidity. So don't just think because somebody's in the field a long time that they know more than somebody in a, a couple of years. So I would just honestly see who's doing what you want to do. Hire that individual. Get your level three and your level four and your all that on the side. You know, slow and steady. Don't rush into them. As long, as long as you have your level three, you'll be able to pick up other things. And I would honestly just say speed is king. Just getting your name out there. Get posting because it's going to take you years to build your name. And the longer you, the longer, the longer you take to do this, to get moving, somebody else yeah. can do it in front of you. Some, if, what, imagine if you don't do this and within three months, what your fucking a lad in the local gym is doing it and he's built his name and he goes viral, you're going to go, that could have been me. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. You didn't implement quick enough and now somebody's taking your thing. So for me, speed is king. You just need to be moving. You just need to yeah. coach one person, coach one athlete for free. What would you say, Mickey? I would say, yeah, reach out to a club or do your own club. Get some experience with them. Reach out to some people. I don't know what area you're from. I'll check for you now. I think, um, see as well as reach out to the club, I would reach out to one or two individuals within the club you actually like. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Or that are good footballers um, already, and you're just going to slightly help them and get testimonials of them. Like, everybody builds their business from, from now. Right, I so, just think... So you're a th he's a throw man. I would reach out to, there's McGahan and Throw, and there's Conal McElhome, there's Peter Donnelly. They're all the top guys in throwing at the minute. McGahan's down with Kerry. You have Ryan Porter from Dromore, who's with Glenn. There's loads of people about. Um, it's just reach out to them, find out a pathway. You have McGurn, who's the head of sport in Queens, who's a strength conditioning coach. He's been to Ireland before. There's loads of people and there's loads of pathways. It just depends on where you see your end goal, whether you need to go down the route of qualifications before or during while you're getting the experience but i would say you need to get experience first you need to start working like your your hurling team there is probably one of the bigger hurling teams in Tyrone. 
So that's a good place to start. I do think as well, uh, with anything that goes to anybody who's considering stuff, like I I remember, and this is me being straight, and I think I've said this before, right? And I'm not going to give names. And this should speed you into action, right? I had, a, I had a person join me about three, four years ago, right? Um, they were sort of making a cook. They were making a recipe book really, really slowly. And they were doing it half, not half hours. They were just other things were getting in their way, you know, their degree, other things that they weren't as passionate about. And I was sort of up their fucking arse going like, you need to get this done super fast because somebody's going to come along and do this. Yeah, and then about about nine months later, Sean Casey joined me joined me for coaching, and me and him were chatting back and forth. And he was like, "I'm doing a recipe." And me and him were like, "Right, speed, let's get this done." He had it done about three, four weeks into like a, like as soon as I me and him were chatting, and we were like, "Right, let's speed this up." He had it done. Boom! Look where Sean Casey is now. That other individual, I'll never mention the person, but that Joe, that that could have now obviously there wouldn't have been him, but a case of Joe. That is the sort of how quickly one avenue can take you just by implementation. I do feel like. For me, the quickest way you get to where you want to go is just by starting early. And you do miss opportunities. Like people, people, everybody's fighting for the same spot. But if you don't enjoy what you're doing, I don't believe there's such a thing as just passion. Like you're going to, if you start coaching, I'm going to be honest, there's going to be things that you hate. There's going to be things you love. You'll you'll never love everything about it. But the thing is, if you can't see yourself engineering for the rest of your life or doing what you're doing right now, you're literally just wasting your own time. Yeah. Like even like if you don't see yourself doing it next year, you're wasting your time tomorrow. I would say, if you're you know te- if you if you know if you even if you know that you're not going to be doing it, I would that that's enough for get you to push the other thing. I'm not telling you to quit your course tomorrow, but if you did, it would force you to really do the other thing. You know, if you know engineering's not for you, you know you're definitely not going to make it. I think your first, if it looks like your first year in uni, or maybe second year, um, if it's not going to be the thing for you, you're probably better to put that extra pressure on yourself and, you know, cut the, cut the safety lines and just go for it. That's yeah. I'd I, say. Yeah, no, I honestly feel like, and this goes for anything. It's just one of the things where, see for me, I was doing sport and exercise. Um, it, it hit second year and I'd done second year and I didn't do placement. I just went straight into final year and I was like, oh, well, I'm nearly there. Do you know what? Degree's really good to get behind me. And I, I'm, this isn't what most people will tell you. I would be a year ahead of where I am now if I'd have quit the degree and just got stuck in because the degree done yeah. fuck all for me. Like, I, I, I don't like saying that. Now, if your degree is going to add up and people are like, don't say that, that's a fallback. When you have, a, like, it, you'll always hear that quote, when you shouldn't have a plan B because it distracts you from plan A. That is the way yeah. your parents, that is the way the older generation was taught. And it's a safety mechanism. That is to keep you, and this is me even straight there, I, I completely believe that you shouldn't, like, you should always have maybe a number, but I didn't. I just go, like, that's me all in. And I, I sort of think that it, it, like, I got a degree for no reason apart from, oh, it'll get you an extra point in an interview or, you know, it's, you can always fall back and teach. And I was never going to teach. I fucking hated teaching. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah. If you enjoy teaching, teach. But I just think whenever you, you whenever you're doing that, you're procrastinating. And if you follow that route, you're going to end up not content. And I feel like a lot of people, you don't want to end up as a 35 year old man living a quiet life of desperation, watching somebody else live the life you want. That will eat at you. Yeah. Well, if you're if you know you're going to hate your plan B, you're probably never going to do it anyway. You're going to look for another plan A. Or sorry, another plan B. If you know, it's that's the thing. You can get stuck in this loop of doing degrees and 
and doing stuff you know you'll never use, but you're listening to people and you're going, yeah, I need a plan B, I need a plan B, I need a plan B. But if you know you're going to really hate your plan B, you're never going to do it. Like you're not going to do it or you're going to end up doing the plan B for a year and then going, fuck, and just going back to you need to do another course for another plan B. So if you know, if, if it's a strength condition you want to do and you also want to actually physically coach people on the gym floor and do online stuff, go for it. See what your niche, what works out better. You know, you could find yourself maybe enjoying one-to-one training better than online. You could find yourself maybe just enjoying doing your strength conditioning with GA athletes and nobody else. No, there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people, I look, any strength conditioning coach I know, actually, they just work with a certain type of athlete because that's what they want to do. It's not that they can't train other types of athletes. They just enjoy working with GA athletes or rugby athletes. That's what they'll enjoy doing. They don't like working with soccer players. They don't like working with boxers. They don't like working with MMA fighters. That, but they could, but they just don't like it. Yeah, look, I, I just, I'm I'm very thorough in this. Like, I'm, if if I had to play it safe, I would be, now don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with this. If you want to fucking teach, you teach. Yeah. If I had to play it safe, I'd be teaching right now, probably primary school, I reckon. And uh-huh. there's, there's there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it'd be funny because the children probably be fucking taller than me. But how many kilo, Jenk, you'd be? How many kilo? Right, what size, Jenk, you'd be? Say if you had to went down the teaching route and stayed in uni, Jenk, you'd be... As good a shape you are now? No. No. We eighty I, kilos so, get there, run the way. For me, it's it's more so a case of my family wouldn't be living the quality of life they have. And this is me being straight. Like next year, uh my see my and this is just me being blunt, like my mum and dad have an endowment policy and stuff. And so if anybody that doesn't know the way that works practically in the old, old times, in the back in the old, old days. You used to get mortgages where it's an endowment policy, so you pay into it, and the endowments used to pay off your mortgage at the end of your mortgage. So it's an interest-only mortgage, but at the end of it, you pay into this like investment fund practically, and at the end of the 25 years, it pays off your mortgage with this thing. However, back years ago, whenever you used to do this, you, it used to pay off your mortgage and also give you like 10, 20, 30, 40 grand because of how much the markets were going up. Yeah. But if you have an endowment policy paying off now, you're probably actually short money in your mortgage. So it's the fact that like I can turn around and, to my ones next year if they're short that money which they will be the market's not going to pick up and i can go don't worry i've got that like yeah. joe instead of my mom and dad pulling out a mortgage at 60k see that for me yeah that tells me i made the right decision yeah that, oh 100 it, it's not about oh i have 100k on instagram I mean, nobody gives a fuck how many followers you have that's sad as fuck if that's all you care about uh it's 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 the fact that i can turn around and go i don't actually have to work anymore i am completely financially free at 27 turn 28 uh, now, don't get me wrong, you can love your passion, but if I want to go teach now, I can. I can teach for the rest of my days. But if I didn't roll the dice, I'd be unhappy and I'd be constantly, and there'd be somebody else in my position and it would be fucking eating me. So if you're in that or you're, you're worried about that, and I would far rather turn around and be like, oh, well, I'm only making an okay wage, but I'm loving the quality of my life. My energy is good. See if you can feel, and Mickey, you'll know what this is like. See if you're not following, and you really only get this as you grow a little bit older. I've only got it last year too. You become far more uh, in tune with yourself and you can feel if you're off kilter, if you're off balance or you're not following, like you just get this like little bit of, uh, you'll hear Andrew Tate talk about it and I don't agree with everything he says, but when you feel down or you feel off, it's usually because you're not following what you're supposed to be doing or what you want to do. There's something that you're doing 
that you don't want to do, you don't realize that whether that's you're in a relationship, you don't really want to be in, whether you're in a job, you don't really enjoy, whether you're not eating good, training good, there's something that is making you feel down. And if you don't fix it, it's not going to get better. Oh, exactly. It'll never get better. But as you said, once you get, you come to a point in your life, right? Where you're, it's not, I, I always say content, but it's not even that. You get to know yourself. Yes. so well and you get to know what you like and what you don't like that you can do a really good job of getting rid of the things out of your life that you don't like and make you feel uneasy or make you feel shite or if someone goes oh we're going to go do this thing and you go I know I'm not going to enjoy that but before you would have went and done it anyway and then you would have went oh fuck I was shite but now you just kind of go nah nah I'm good lads I'm going to swerve that so you get used to doing stuff. It's like there's a confidence in getting a wee bit older. That is it a bit have... of? Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Yeah, I know that's quite ignorant, but is but... it? Is it because because obviously you're a wee bit you you've got a couple of years from me. It, like, do you? I know it's a big difference in my. I'm sure anybody that's listening now. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to preach that I'm fucking wise, but it's wisdom in yourself. It's it's you get better with your intuition. You just as you said, you know yourself. It's it does that just keep improving? No, no, I don't know if it does for everybody, but there's a there's a certain time where you'll find yourself, and I don't mean in a spiritual way. You just you'll realize who you really are, what you really like, and what you really dislike, and see when that that moment can come to you in your twenties or in your thirties. Or I know boys that are in their forties and are fucking bedlids. They've never got it. But see as soon as that <laughs> clicks, see as soon as that clicks and you know who you are and you really know who you are, then as long as you listen to it and be true to yourself, it's all very easy. You know, you know exactly what you want. You know, you always hear people saying, oh, that guy Phil doesn't know what to be at. But there becomes a certain point in life where you do know what. I would have been one of them fellas back in the day. Oh, he doesn't know what to be at. Because I, I'm always going to be that guy who spins 100 plates. But I kind of wanted to know what plates I was good at spinning. And then once I got, I always knew I was good at DJing and stuff, but there was always other things. But once you realize what you want to be at and who you want to surround yourself with, everything becomes very easy. But people sometimes, like this happened to me last week, last Saturday, I think it was. Somebody said to me, oh, you're very cocky. You're very arrogant. I'm like, I'm not. And then people look at you, you're just stall there. And I was like, because I'm chilled out and everybody else is fucking... You know, up the high though, I was like, I just let the world, the world can pass me by. It's like, I don't, I know, I don't have to prove myself. Because I, I was literally just sitting there, like, real chilled, and everybody else at the table was kind of going a wee bit, wee bit nuts, eh? And they were like, aye, but you're just, like, the way you're sitting there. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, that's just me. Like, I just watch the world go by. Like, I don't have to be in every conversation. I don't have to be in every kind of, you know... Will be the word. I don't have to be the center of attention, but once you get to that point, I think I don't know if it comes with age or it just comes with yeah, I'm happy where I am. But it's just you don't need. I don't need to act up. That you know, do you get what I'm saying? It's very hard to explain. I, I think this person, th this person clicked then about twenty minutes later and goes, "I know what you mean now. Like I, I get what you mean, but it's like like we're not used to that." No, everybody else was trying to like act cool and act cool. And I was just sitting there. Like I literally was see the way I was sitting now, I was literally sitting like out there. Um people can't see that, but it's like my, in the nip with one hand on your cock. I have a hand in the back of my head in the nip. Um 
But yeah, it's like there is a bit of wisdom to it anyway. But I know some young fellas. Like there's some real clued up, like like Connor Miller, for example. That's a very good Connor. person to pick. I don't know what age Connor Miller is. Twenty seven, maybe twenty eight. But my age, as, yeah. As wise as you will find, and I mean of any person, of any person of any age, that man is as clued in and as wise as you will find and knows exactly what he wants and knows exactly who he is and what he is and what he's about. And that's uncommon for someone who has has a status and has uh, experience of winning things and has, I'm sure, like a lot of people throwing stuff at him, which normally boys, the boys would lose their heads. Do you know what uh, yeah. I think as well is whenever I'm, now this is whenever a man or a woman is very clear in their mission, what they want. Yeah. So obviously, you know, he's very GA based. He's very, you know, all Ireland, very focused. Other things don't become as much of a worry. So prime example, this is, I noticed I got a lot of, uh, as you were saying, there are a lot of, wouldn't say wisdom, but a lot of uh, confidence or even just a little bit more of a, it probably is, wisdom is probably the best way to explain it without sounding like you're fucking rabbi or like a wisdom person, but you become very sure of yourself whenever you figure out like what you want to go or where you want to go or what's the main thing you're doing. Like whenever I joined the fire service and I was pulling people out of buildings or helping them out of car crashes, it makes you realize that smaller things don't really matter as much. Uh, And then, and then that makes you a lot better in them decision processes. So it is one of the things where if you're not challenging yourself and you, this is where I don't believe about this comfort zone shit. I hate that fucking saying, but if you aren't, letting yourself grow as an individual you're not doing like the reason i started mma isn't because i could be like oh i'm doing mma it was because (laughs) that is something that is complete i'm gonna get something from that i'm gonna get more discipline i'm gonna listen more i'm gonna be able to take a punch i'm gonna be able to throw it's that is gonna make me grow as an individual just as if you don't train that will just as if if you're doing a side hustle or even if you if you're a male and you never go on dates just going on dates to to see like right well why did that go bad Joe, I talk too much. I was nervous. I and you you improve as an individual, and then you become more confident in yourself. You back yourself, and that flows into other things. Whereas when you have a chink in your armor because you're being lazy, that's yeah. whenever you're not sure. And then I feel like that can come back to to bite you a little bit if you're not careful. Yeah, that's what we were talking about loosely earlier. Once you find your purpose, purpose. You know, once you find the purpose, it may, if you know what you want, it makes everything else so much easier. If if there if you're unsure of what you want, there's maybe one of three things. There's still confusion in your head. But if you have a like an outgoing purpose, my purpose is this, my end goal is this. No, your end goal is not in stone. It's not in stone. But if you think your end goal say your end goal says to earn a million pounds, right? Just say that's your end goal. But then you realize you're sitting at like eight hundred grand and it's getting close. You're like, oh fuck, well now my end goal is five million. It's like the Matthew McConaughey thing. No, what do you, yep. or what is it? Who's your hero? Or it's me in twenty-five years, and it's always it's always someone you know in front of him because it's always something to chase, and that's a very good thing to look at. You know, once you set a realistic goal or a target or or a purpose. You no, know, my purpose when I first started out DJing was to ju- was to play in Belfast. That was my that was my ceiling. My ceiling was Belfast. Like it's mad when I think about it now, but that's not even that long ago was I want to play in Belfast. And then it was, you know what? I'd love to play across the water. And then when that I was like, oh, I'd love to play in Ibiza. 
And then when that hit is, oh, I'd love to play in this club, I'd love to play that, I'd love to do this. No, your your goals, your ceiling, your purpose can always move. It's always going to be in front of these because it's always something to chase. And that's where I think a lot of people now, a lot of more people are in the goal setting, but a lot of people don't actually talk about maybe their purpose as much as setting goals. Do you find that? Yeah, see, I that's why, see what a lot of people get confused with, in my opinion, is that People go, oh, the journey is more important than the pro. Uh, the journey is more important than the destination because the process makes who you are. What the what you need to really think about is what that means is that it's the traits, the small yeah. self improvements that matter more than what you get out of it. So, like, it's not about getting a million pound. It's about you get you. You all of a sudden build habits. You get up earlier. You're more yeah. organized. You're a better person. You're more productive. You. There's, there's them traits. It's like, for example, if you wake up and you're given, it's, it's, do you ever see that, that, that statistic about like 70% of lottery winners in Amer- in the Australia, they go back to broke yeah. within 48 months because what builds, a, like, it's like if you woke up tomorrow and you had abs, you had a six pack yeah. and you, you shit eating habits, you're going to go, you're going to lose it anyway. So there's no point in yeah. you even getting it because it's, it's, you can't keep that. It's like if you all of a sudden woke up tomorrow and you had, you had, you're a professional soccer player you didn't use you didn't build your body like that so you're just gonna lose it you don't have the acquisition of it so it's one of the things that's very very important i do feel like it is very outcome focused yes goals are good but it's very very important that we yeah you have a balance because otherwise it just fucks with your head and i I do think you're on the money with that point yeah just got a notification there from zoom they're gonna close this uh yeah um yeah the purpose like as you said, the things you learn on the journey are great. You know, you could learn a load of stuff. You can also learn, like, it could be something like, you know, having a backbone. You know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, everybody talks about, like, all the good things you can learn. But sometimes, like, one of the things I learned when I was coming up was you had to stand up for yourself sometimes. You had, and that, and in turn, that meant you had to be a bit of a dick to people that were being a dick to you instead of letting people... You know, rule the roost over you, you know, block gigs, do shitty things on you all the time. Some and then sooner or later you just have to stand up for yourself. But people always talk about like, oh, you know, I learned this and I learned that and learned this about myself. Sometimes it's good to learn that when push comes to shove, that you will stand your ground. And that was one of the things that I learned coming up for years. I let people dictate where I could play and where I couldn't play. Until of- one one day I just stood up and went, you know what, fuck this. I'm gonna call them out on it. And I did. I heard a very good quote on a, if anybody hasn't listened to this podcast, it's very, very good. It's a Mike Tyson and Terry Crews one. And Mike Tyson turned around and says this, and it's a really good, it's similar to that. The, if you're a friend of everyone, you're an enemy of yourself. And that, that's pretty much that. Like if you don't look after yourself, you're people pleasing, you're letting people walk over you. You might think that's great, but that's actually, you're, you're actually hurting yourself and you can't you can't help anybody whenever you're not in a good place. So it's very important that you get your headspace right. Otherwise, you end up just ruining it. It's just one of them simple things that makes a very big difference in the long run. Yeah. I, I, I listened to that podcast. I actually forgot about that point. That It's very true. It is It is very true. Um, Tyson, Tyson's actually, if anybody hasn't listened to Mike Tyson's podcast, he does, you know, I know he's done shitty things in the past. Um. Really enjoy it. He is very. I don't know. Like that's the, the he's he's got very wise in his old age and and he talks openly about a lot of stuff. And I think 
like I, d- I don't condone all the shitty things he did in the past, but I think it could be good for people to listen to this podcast. Um, I'm not saying that you know I'm a fan of Mike Tyson, but there is a lot of valid stuff he talks about, especially when he's talking to like younger boys coming through and younger like people up and coming in different industries. It's like when you were talking about people becoming millionaires, like there's a reason why like when Justin Bieber went through his years of being a dick, when One Direction were you know when them boys were playing up, when when young Hollywood stars do stupid shit. When you're when you go from zero to everything, you're you're not ready for it. You haven't earned it really. So the chances are you're going to play out. Same as Conor McGregor, and and in, in, in a kind of way, like he did go his his route was a bit longer than most, but he went from being on the dole to being worth a hundred billion in the space of three years, and now he's completely off the rails. And there's a reason for that because. He probably wasn't ready for everything that was going to be thrown at him. I'm not making excuses for the man because he's clearly like mental. But if he was to earn that over a 15 year period, um, he probably during the journey would have learned coping mechanisms to to learn how how to like do the things instead of like going out and buying Lamborghini yachts. You know, there's no like a yacht. People say buying a yacht is the quickest way to go bankrupt. Yeah, it is. A yacht is the one of the main things. It or a private jet is it's the one of the dearest things to maintain. Like it's yeah. just you need to be able to piss away money to have a yacht. Like, because it's it's never it's not like even a supercar, you can always resell for decent money. Like yachts devalue and it, it costs so much to run them, maintain them. It they're just money pits. So it's one of the things where yeah, like it, it's just a it's just a balancing act for them sort of people. I do think that it's 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 a very tricky one. Like I see I think as well, like with money mindset, it's one of them things where you need to be like, I do believe you have to be willing to spend it and that's the lifestyle you want and you can't take money with you. So I do believe there's two things that money should be made for. It's either made for spending or it's made for reinvesting. So as long as you're making sure your proportions are in check, then you're all right. But yeah, like, I don't know. I think if you gain stuff too quickly, it's like if you, not that you cheat the system, but if you get it in such a quick fashion, you don't gain the, sc- the skills to keep it. Like I always say to people I mentor or help with, Getting wealthy and staying wealthy, two very different fucking skill sets. Very, like, very different. Yeah, like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, you can make 300, 400K in a year, and that's unbelievable, and that's getting really wealthy. And you can say all you want, but, like, you need to be able, if your quality of life raises so much that you're now spending fucking lots of money because you're making so much, it doesn't make any difference for your long-term wealth because if you're making 20K a month, but you're spending 18 now, you're only banking two and you're probably not even reinvesting. It doesn't make any difference. People are probably going, how the fuck do you spend 18K? There's fuckers out there that I know that are that are making 20, 30, and they're spending it. You know, businesses make quite a large amount, but then expenses, holidays, yeah. trips. It doesn't belong going if you're not fucking smart of it. And it's one of the oh, things yeah. where I, I just feel like it's, it's if, you don't, if you don't have that mindset, it can go very fast. And everybody knows somebody that's been, what goes up can come down if you're not careful with it. It's a very interesting topic, though, because there's a, re- there's a reason a lot of premiership footballers and boxers and people that are really wealthy become bankrupt because they keep the same lifestyle after the income stops coming in. Yeah, bingo. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you, there's a certain level, in my opinion, that I said every that mentor, I'm like, once you start making X amount, stop raising the quality of your life. Your your quality yeah. of life shouldn't keep raising. If you keep the quality of your life, this, that's one of the reasons why I was able to become financially free very young is because the quality of my life never really changed until last year. Like you wouldn't have seen me in Dubai multiple times per year until last year. I was always at home. 
was always in the gym. I was always working. The quality of my life didn't change until I had that financial freedom. Now I have it. I can piss away whatever money I make because I know the safety net's there versus you don't have that safety net. I can shoot you in the foot very, very easily. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I probably should be a wee bit smarter about that. <laughs> Just depends. You know, there's like, fuck me, you can save all the money you want, but then you can go fucking bankrupt very, you know, there's, there's just a, the middle ground where you have to be very, very balanced. You have, you have to be balanced, I think. Yeah, there. For some reason, Zoom's going to kick us out here, so I'm going to have to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. We are, yeah. Lo- I'd say I we're must good. Be lo- I must be logged into the wrong Zoom because they've put a timer up here. But yeah, guys, keep rating and reviewing and sharing and get more questions in. And we will hopefully by next week have you a date for the live podcast. Or live, live podcast stroke Christmas party. And we can um, have anybody that's listening come down and come on yeah, for a couple of minutes down, or something. Notor- yeah. Notorious Pizza in Marafelt. Brand new. The cocktails look amazing. By the way. There's so cocktails. There's cocktails, aye. Oh, aye. We're going to be having they, a couple of drinks. Fuck, it's going to be oh, crack, crack. <laughs> we get a couple of drinks. We'll have, we'll have a big do, party. Do, do, uh, do they do an espresso martini? Yeah, well, they, they will now. They will now. Get on that, guys. Spress martinis for Tony. You know, you mint one or something. We have three Spress martinis or... I do like a porn star as well. <laughs> I know these aren't maybe Don't the we all? Drinks. Don't we all? Don't we all love a porn star? Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> but right, guys, going to wrap it up here. Um, Sorry for being late, but sure. Better being late than never. Enjoy. That's a good podcast. Very different. Right. Cheers. Good luck, mate.